basically if you can eat bananas at different stages of ripeness if you don't have any digestive problems eating bananas at different stages of ripeness you get all sorts of different benefits as they get riper so you can have them less ripe for a bit more of that resistant starch and for the gut microbiome but then as they get riper um again easier to digest more nutrition more you know benefits for fighting cancer cells this podcast does not constitute medical advice all changes surrounding medications diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances welcome to the rheumatoid solutions podcast with clint patterson helping you to live an easier healthier and happier life Welcome back. We have a great episode today with two of my friends. Uh, This is Shakul and Shamiz from High Carb Health. They have a fantastic business where they are helping people all around the world with ulcerative colitis. And Shamiz has been on the podcast telling his story in the past. A few years back, uh, him and Shakul came on and talked about his journey and recovery from ulcerative colitis and went into a great deal of detail. Now, today, we've got these guys back on the podcast to talk all about specifically bananas. Now, why would we go into so much effort to talk about bananas? Well, you'll find out shortly and find out all the benefits of bananas, and we're going to hear about how they were instrumental in the health restoration of Shamiz. So, boys, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Clint. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Before we get uh, before we get into the bananas and all the benefits and how we should incorporate more bananas into our diet, why not just give us the the snippet on on specifically how people can get help if they have ulcerative colitis uh, with your business and and the ways in which you assist people? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, we've been helping people for well over eight years now, trying to heal from all sorts of gut related issues, including colitis, Crohn's disease, diverticulitis. Uh, the best way to reach out to us is get a free 30-minute consultation and you just go to our website, highcarbhealth.com and you click on the health survey or the free consultation button and you'll just have to fill in a quick form and and you'll get a link and uh, how to book a meeting and you can have a chat with Shamiz. Yeah, absolutely. And so, he can tell you all about how we can help you. Exactly. And just share some of the information um, that you're going through, what you were diagnosed with, uh, and then, you know, we can sort of give you the advice needed um, and if, if we work if we sort of um, relate and we can work together i've seen some of the testimonials that you've shared and they've been phenomenal and we won't break down each of those and go through those but suffice to say that you guys really are in the trenches helping people with the most severe inflammatory bowel conditions and turning around their lives so obviously what you're doing works extremely well so why don't we get the 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 express version again for to refresh our memories, Shamiz, of what you went through? I want you to explain what's going on with ulcerative colitis and what and how the inflammation is affecting the, the bowel. Because I want everyone with rheumatoid at this point to really lean in because we have inflammation at our gut wall as well. We just see the outcome of that more downstream in the joints. But what Shamiz is going to talk about applies on a slightly different uh, uh, end outcome if you have inflammatory arthritis. 
So Shamiz, uh, you went through so much. Give us, give us that, give us that uh, that awful journey. Tell us yeah. what happened. Well, it's almost a, it's, it's a blessing, almost you know, because I mean, my whole family changed um, it, because of my pain and suffering, and I guess you know, so many things have happened since. Almost like a catalyst for change. Um, so basically. Back in 2012, I was diagnosed with a mild condition. I was in Japan at the time, out of all places, teaching English. So it was a pretty crazy place to be in and be in hospital. Um, I was in hospital for about six weeks. Um, I lost about 30 kilos under the doctor's care. This is a very summarized version. Um, I was put on uh, anti-inflammatory drugs, uh, prednisone, similar to people with RA, um and immunosuppressant drugs as well and they didn't work that well for me and i was with inflammatory bowel you're going to the bathroom quite a lot because you just can't digest anything um so every time you eat something you're just getting diarrhea and then you're getting also blood and mucus and things like that coming out so your body's really trying to cleanse and trying to get out whatever is inside of it and so that's what my body was doing. So I, I got diagnosed with a mild condition, so mild colitis. And as, you know, I started to take the drugs um, and even the, the food that they were feeding me in Japan wasn't the best. Uh, I think it was like miso soup, some raw egg, some fish and some rice. Um, and that was considered digestive. Healthy. Yeah, healthy mm-hmm. or, you know, for colitis patients. So... Yeah, I mean, I got worse and worse and worse and ultimately was going about 40 times a day to the bathroom. I was in nappies. I couldn't move. Um, I had just absolutely no energy to do anything. Um, it was pretty horrendous. My mum and dad were obviously there helping me. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And we had to find an answer uh, because the medical system wasn't really helping me a lot. And you know, we, we, the doctor ultimately said, well, if you're not going to get better, we're going to have to do surgery. And at that point, I was just like, please do anything to get me better. Cause I was in so much pain. I was just dying inside. Um, and you know, my mom was like, no, like this cannot be happening. And, and she didn't, um, want, um, me to, to have surgery, which I'm so thankful for. And she, she was basically the, the lifesaver. She saved my life. She found a book online as we were, because we were in Japan, she typed in as tofu good for you, um, just out of the blue. And this book came up called Self-Healing Colitis and Crohn's Disease by Dr. David Klein. And uh, that book basically changed changed our lives uh, for the better. So I started doing lots of smoothies with the good old banana and just soothing my gut, uh, basically, and allowing it to heal itself. And that's basically how we uh, coach and how the body works when we give it the right conditions it is able to do the work and so the inflammation in my bowel started to sort of come down because i was giving it the right foods Mm. and so i think it was the fourth or fifth week when we started to make these changes and um basically you know at the end of it um, after I started the diet or started the healing diet, which is bananas, fruit, smoothies, juices, and steamed vegetables at, at, for dinner. I did that for a week. My my, my condition actually reversed. It actually got better. Um, I stopped taking the medication in the hospital because I didn't like the side effects and I wouldn't recommend anyone do that. But I was just in a desperate situation because it just didn't wasn't working for me. So I had to do something about it. 
anyway, the the doctor finally did a colonoscopy. That was my fourth one in hospital. Um, and, uh, you know, he didn't see any signs of any or very, very small amount of inflammation, but no ulcers. And, mm. um, you know, that was really great. And so he discharged me um, and I sort of went away and, you know, it didn't end there, but we sort of, that was when my healing journey really started and six months down the track, um, you know, I really had to dig deep um, and get myself, uh, you know, in a good, good place. But here we are 10 years later, mm-hmm. uh, no medications. I'm supposed to be on medications for the rest of my life as some of your, you know, RA patients would be as well. And, you know, taking prednisone and things like that. And, uh, you know, I'm well and healthy. I completed a marathon last year, last December. I've got so many plans uh, next year as well. I actually signed up for a 70.3 half Ironman, the Cairns half mm-hmm. Ironman. So I'm excited for that and uh, it's going to be hard work. But this is this is what we do. This is this is what we can do with plants and, you know, how they can heal, mm. how the body can heal and, and, you know, gain that athletic performance as well. So it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you were asking about the inflammation in the gut. So maybe we can just drill down into that a little bit and kind of talk about how that happens, why that happens, and then how does it kind of ease off, right? So when when we've got these conditions, it's caused by obviously an unhealthy, toxic diet and lifestyle, life, lifestyle as well. So it's not just the diet, there's other aspects to it as well. You know, talking about when we talk to our clients, diet plays quite a significant role as the first step in taking control of your health. But then you start looking at other aspects as well, like do you drink enough water? Do you get enough sleep? Uh, how well are you exercising? And um, how's your mental health? Because we've got a vagus nerve, right? And the vagus nerve has uh, got a direct connection from our brain to our gut. So when we are under stress, our food doesn't digest very well. When it doesn't digest very well, it can start to, you know, the undigested food doesn't maybe even start to putrefy a little in our bowel. And um, so putrefaction is quite a big player in gut inflammation okay so what happens is that when the food rots and putrefies in our bowel this releases certain toxins into our gut wall okay and if you look at the science you know talk about endotoxins leading to low-grade inflammation and so what tends to happen then is that these toxins start to enter the bloodstream and, and cause damage to the gut barrier and this allows things to go through into your bloodstream which starts to cause a bit of havoc in your gut lining and so when you've got that, there's there's food particles and proteins and things going into your body that aren't supposed to be there, and then the body starts to um, obviously react to that, cause you know, the inflammatory response. And so, the first step to dealing with that is to first stop the thing that's causing the problem, right? So we need to stop the um, the putrefaction of food in our bowel. And the main types of foods that putrefy in our bowel are animal products, high-fat foods, uh, and uh, they are the ones that are mainly dairy is a huge factor. So we want to get rid of the animal proteins. That's that's the big thing. Something has animal protein in it, make sure it never goes near your mouth. Stay away from it. Yeah. Well, that, and so obviously, that's what I was eating before I went into hospital. You know, I didn't really mm. care about my diet at all. I just was eating everything. And and I think that's what led to getting sick as well. And also, you know, my mindset, a little bit depression. It was winter at the time in Japan. So 
it all sort of factors in and and that's what we try and tell people that it's not just diet alone and you have to have a you know there's so many factors to consider when it comes to yeah to healing as well and so once you start undoing that damage right so now you're stopping eating food that's easier to digest and now it's digesting properly and giving you proper nutrients um we can talk about the gut microbiome a little bit as well as we go through the chat but with the inflammation you have to stop the thing that's causing it you know stop putting fuel onto the fire i think you've probably talked about that too right and um when you when you stop doing that and start feeding the foods that don't cause inflammation right the body starts to heal their gut lining now stuff doesn't go through you know the proteins and the food particles don't go through the gut lining and things start to calm down and subside and the inflammation starts to ease off it takes some time it's not like yeah it's not going to happen like that necessarily some some people are lucky <laughs> they, this happens faster than others but um yeah, yeah it just depends you just have it? to be patient and uh, yeah. i think as you know with your with your clients as well clint that you know some people can see results in a matter of days or weeks and other people it takes months or even years sometimes you know so yeah absolutely yeah the cumulative effect of what mm. they've done in the past often 50 60 yeah. years uh plays an enormous role obviously. yeah so i hope that answered your question is there anything absolutely else? yeah yeah and uh just just so that folks with rheumatoid see that we're all talking about really the same kind of action and reactions that happen yeah. in 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 all sorts of autoimmunity is that just the 60% our immune system right behind that single cellular layer protective mm. epithelium. And once mm. uh, these, as you mentioned, the endotoxins get across that barrier, it triggers the immune system. What does the immune system do? Well, we know that it creates inflammation to eliminate pathogens. So when it's creating this inflammation, the gut wall is then exposed to the inflammation, which can damage that, that epithelium, creating more leaky gut because they're right they're there okay and yeah. then as you explained yeah had developing an autoimmunity situation where the body is uh cross-reacting to to itself so now let's get to the uh now let's get to solutions um yeah and i i know that a plant-based like we each have different approaches on this and i would think that both of our approaches would work for each other to a to a large degree um, so if I sent you people uh, who've contacted me with rheumatoid arthritis and if you sent me ulcerative colitis, uh, folks, I think that we would show uh, excellent results uh, if we exchanged clients. However, what I want to concentrate on here is is just I want to go to bananas. I want to talk all about bananas. Um, mm. To set the platform here, um, I have recently increased my intake of bananas again, which has made me think of you guys. <laughs> and and I, I, my, my dad has recently had joint pain associated after having a, a you know, another one of his boosters with his, um, with this uh, COVID vaccination, you know, program. So after he's had the the booster, he's developed some symptoms, and so I've been helping my dad with that as you would, hmm. and. And I've found myself really encouraging him to eat the bananas because of the research I've been putting around. I'm like, why don't I talk more about bananas? We've got to get this message more emphasized. And so that's what I want to do. Um, why do you think bananas was the recommendation uh, in the book that you originally read? And why do you think it was so effective at giving you incredibly quick results? Yeah, so before we get into that, um, when it comes to people who've got IBD, their gut lining is super inflamed to the point that 
they can't handle certain fibers. So if they went on the Patterson program, they'd have to be careful about certain fibers. And I'll just um, let people know if they're watching this, that be very careful about raw vegetables and salads. If you've got IBD, like you've got arthritis, you can probably get away with eating that without too many issues. But raw, like the rough insoluble fibers, too much of that can cause irritation in the bowel. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, it's same, same with seeds. Seeds, too. nuts and seeds as yeah. well. So yeah, you, we we push those aside for a long time. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like 60 yeah. plus days away um, yeah. at a minimum. Yeah. Um, yeah. But interesting around the raw leafy greens. I didn't know that. So if the bowel yeah. can juice them. Yeah, you can juice them, but you go take the you go take that rougher fiber out of, yeah. off your bowel just until it heals. Okay. Yeah. Fabulous. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Just that. To clarify that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but okay. otherwise, yeah, it's, it's the same principle, right? It's the same principle. You eat the healthy food, you try and get out of the body's way as much as possible and allow it to to kind of heal itself. And and um, if you create the right conditions, the body can do that. And it's a, it's as simple as that, to be honest. There's, there's really nothing complicated about this solution. And and this is what we know is that, you know, you don't have to do anything crazy. There's no, there's no supplements, pills or powders or anything that you need to take to heal it's it's just a, a very nice generalized mm. diet that you just you eat daily life so touching on that <laughs> we'll put the banana here so bananas okay so if you think about the 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 consistency or the the texture of the banana it's so soft right there's a lot of soluble fiber there and if you think about if you've got something that's really inflamed and what do you want going through that that inflamed bowel okay so when you've got fruit especially a banana they've got certain compounds in them like um you know pectin and guar these are the things we use in jams to give it that that kind of jelly-like um fluffy texture okay so when we eat these foods that's the kind of texture we end up getting in our bowels so bananas are one of the best foods to help um soothe the bowel because of their their soft fibers the texture, the the pectin and the guar that goes into the fruit, and uh, when you eat that, you get that that soft, really smooth. And when it's when the gut's inflamed, you really want to avoid anything that's going to irritate it. So that's one of the first reasons that bananas are really, really helpful for healing, yeah, for allowing the body to heal. Absolutely, and that's yeah. why I think what what happened to me was that this was a key factor in. in you know, allowing my bowels to settle because I was getting lots of diarrhea. So bananas can be really binding as well. The fibers from the bananas. Yeah, as you talk diarrhea. About. Yeah. Yeah. When you have lots of diarrhea, they, they can actually bind you still because the, the, one of the main functions of the colon, the large intestine, is to actually take water away from the food so that it can actually form a bowel movement. So the bulk, the fiber stays there. And so that's how you produce this beautiful bowel movement. But of course, when you have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, your bowel isn't working as well. So we get lots of diarrhea. And that's, I think, a a reason. The reason why is because your body is trying to cleanse. Your body is trying to heal itself. When there's lots of inflammation there, you know, it doesn't want anything to stay there. It's just cleansing. And sometimes that can have happen, um, as some people can get worse before they get better. But eventually the bananas will start to work and they will start to bind your stool and you'll have amazing digestion. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't know if you've tried it before, but if you if you want to try, have about three or four bananas in your smoothie. You know, don't just have one or two. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily going to do much. Mm. But if you have, if you you know, start increasing the amount and have mm. make fruit make fruit as a meal. Eight, you know, and it will start off with that. 
<laughs> make, make fruit as a meal instead yeah. of a snack and that's we're big on that and yeah. so you know i was eating we were eating like 20 bananas a day at one point because it was just it gave us so much mm. good fuel mm. you know and, and we use it for our third performance yeah we're lucky in australia there's a lot more variety of fruit available than we we had in new zealand at the yeah time that's right when we first started this but um yeah bananas were just a real high in calories right so when you're trying to uh heal from a disease where you're losing a lot of weight uh i'm not sure if your um, patients is all clients as well they lose a lot of weight as they go through their journey so you know to have something that's that's higher in calories going to satiate you better uh going to provide you so much nutrition they're almost a perfect food for a human i think so yeah uh if you go into food diary and you know like a chronometer or something and you put in bananas and you look at all of the nutrients that light up, all like all the B vitamins, all vitamins. They have C. all the amino acids. Too. Yeah, all the amino acids are there. Yeah, essential. Yeah. Um, good amounts of potassium, magnesium, and it's just it's just a fantastic food to to really help. Lots of electrolytes, mm. right? So you know, a, a huge amount of electrolytes when when you've got diarrhea and other digestive concerns. Some people say that a bite of a banana has more electrolytes in a whole powerade or gatorade or something like that so yeah it's just the, the most amazing food and it, it's such a good base you know like it's when you eventually get better you can start mixing in like bananas frozen bananas you can make ice cream you can chuck in blueberries which are really good for antioxidants um you know and then it's just it's just amazing so you can do so many things with bananas uh, <laughs> banana cake and, and like versatile <laughs> and also we didn't talk about the spottiness yeah i think that's something that like a lot of people don't understand either there's there's two sides to it right yeah you've got resistant starch but you've also got the beautiful spotty banana <laughs> um we believe that this you know has a lot of nutrition as it starts to ripen and as the sugars start to pre-digest it becomes easier for your body to actually digest it because the the tree the plant does it for you hmm. so especially when you have digestive conditions we recommend riper bananas for people that are going through this instead of the the starchy banana you can include them for that resistant starch but you can do that with potatoes hmm. um especially when like you know this is going to be your main source of fuel hmm. it's also not as pleasant eating an unripe banana to a ripe banana <laughs> So, you know, when you, I mean, everybody's used to mm, especially bananas, in especially in a smoothie. Yeah, it can get very gluggy, yeah. right? So it doesn't mm. really like blend very, very well. So the spotty is is mm. the way to go and, and mm. the anti-cancer properties and things yeah, like that. The more that spotty well. the banana is, the more anti-cancer properties it has. How about that? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's, so basically if you can eat bananas at different stages of ripeness, if you don't have any digestive problems, eating bananas at different stages of ripeness you get all sorts of different benefits um as they get riper so you can have them less ripe for a bit more of that resistant starch and for the gut microbiome but then as they get riper um again easier to digest more nutrition more you know benefits for fighting cancer cells so yeah and if, and if people are worried, better in smoothies than you when they're riper so yeah and if people are worried about sugar well you know we we all know that fruit you know it comes in a beautiful package okay so you're not going to get high blood sugar issues um, and of course we know that insulin resistance is not a sugar issue it is a fat higher fat issue so mm. you know if you're if you're worried about the sugar content in fruit do not be worried about it <laughs> there's a lot of fiber there um so when you 
you know, eat it. It's not going to create that spike. Hey, you've answered like every question I had in my one little, <laughs> in, in one super go. streaming consciousness yeah. there. That was fantastic. Uh, so I'm not going to try and summarize all the things that you covered just there, but it was mm. tremendous. Um, I love how you've talked about the 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 different nutrients from, say, the greener banana through to the ripe banana. Uh, you guys really are sort of the signature voice for uh, the the ripe banana because all of the, you know, all the other community when we're thinking about, you know, um, trying to create short chain fatty acids from the resistant starch in the form of such as butyrate, which is consumed by the epithelium cells to mm-hmm. then heal and and repair themselves and so on. Um, that's where all the focus lies in the prebiotic starch. But what you're saying is that when you're really inflamed, err on the side of more ripe because you'll still get some resistance starts, just not as much, and you can ease into it, right? So the most important thing is get the inflammation down, and then we can go about more emphasis on the healing, right? Absolutely. And and it's not, you know, the microbiome is not just about resistance starts, right? You've got different types of macrobiotic accessible carbohydrates that you need to have to feed the different types of bacteria and fiber is a big part of that too. And a banana has a lot of fiber in it. And so feeding, feeding them is all about variety or as you know, different variety of plants. Now, when you're trying to heal your gut, that's less important. Okay. So first things first, get the inflammation down, just keep things super simple and consistent. And then you try and build the microbiome because at the moment, you know, especially with IBD is just going, through so most people with IBD are somewhere between 10 and 15 bowel motions a day, especially especially colitis, Crohn's maybe a bit less. Mm. Uh, so you just have to find a way to get the bowel motion frequency lower. That's the and first this, step. This is this is such a, a good sort of uh, uh, similarity between our programs. Is likewise the whole emphasis on the early stages of the Patterson program is to get inflammation low. Like you say, we want diversity. We want to improve the 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 number and 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 and, and the variety of our gut bugs. But it's pointless when we're highly inflamed because we're just creating more autoimmunity. And so likewise, stage one, as lower inflammation as possible, stage two, a very slow and gradual repair and improvement. Uh, uh, stage. So, yeah, love it. Okay. Now, you talked about eating so many bananas a day, like 15 <laughs> to 20 or something. Um, I'm going to put the challenge out there to people watching, listening to this. I, let's say people are going to increase their banana intake. What would be the way to go about it? Would it be to say, have instead of one banana between meals, maybe two. And then how would you ramp it to the next level? Would you maybe replace your breakfast or replace your lunch with a whole bunch of bananas? Well, how would you go about it if you wanted like to do a banana challenge? Definitely breakfast. Definitely yeah, let's start, fruit, start fruit with breakfast. first thing in the morning yeah. on an empty stomach. Yeah. Fruit digests the fastest out of any food. So the earlier you have it in the day, the, the faster it's going to go through your system, the easier it's going to digest. And, uh, you know, if you think about it in the stomach, we don't want to have too many complicated things in the stomach at once. So especially with fruit, fruit's kind of a bit jealous of the mm-hmm. digestive tract and wants it to itself. 
And uh, so if we can just have a first thing in the morning, that's the best way to start. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just, it's, everybody goes to the fruit, you know, it's, it's, it's just something that people love. Cause when we, when we have oats, we always got fruits with it to sweeten up a little bit. So sometimes you can actually make fruit a meal mm-hmm. and, and, you know, sub the oats for like a, you can make a beautiful smoothie bowl. Um, and like Shook talked about, we don't want to put too many things in one go, especially if we've got some kind of gut disorder, we want to just keep it nice and nice and simple. So that's why dates are also really great to get the calorie hit. Um, mm. So we love our bananas and date smoothies. And obviously we chuck in some blueberries and maybe some raw, raw greens, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Mango smoothies, you know, whatever fruit you like. And cause it's coming into summer in Australia, it's like fruit heaven at the moment, you know? So there's so much good stuff in the, in the shops and um, yeah. The way to so the way you can start doing it is you know a smoothie is probably the easiest way to to build it up. Like if you're only used to having one or two bananas at, at the most, you can start with three or four, put them in a blender, uh, add half a cup of blueberries, a bit of water or coconut water, blend it through, and um, you made banana milk. So people always ask us, you know. Do, should I put soy milk or almond milk mm. in there? You're making banana milk anyway. Yeah. If you put water, so why add an extra complexity into it? So, yeah. Um, so we try and stay away from the processed <laughs> nut milks, um, just just because there's a lot of preserves in there. Sometimes the guar gums and other things Heads on the the brand. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. you don't need it. That's the thing. You don't need to thicken it with it. Or you don't, I mean, we're used to something nice and creamy, right? So it's just it's the old habits. Hmm. Um, but you can actually make banana milk by itself by just blending a couple of bananas in the blender with you know a little bit of vanilla essence and a little bit of maple syrup to, for that matter, and or dates. And you can blend it. You can make it into a milk, and then you've got like you can chop up your fruits and you can pour that over the top. So you've got fruit cereal. Yeah. you know and and that's delicious mm. um and it's it's, it's it's got more of the fiber more whole food yeah. you know we, i mean we consider plant milks as part of the whole food plant-based diet um but in essence they're still more processed and yeah than you know like soy milk is much more processed than soybeans for example so so yeah, you would just like got- i just got my head around what you were saying there and i haven't thought about this concept before what you say you could do say kiwi fruits or mangoes or something and then that can be in a in a like a, a fruit salad basis and then you've got your banana smoothie and you pour it over the top absolutely yeah. Oh, there's heaps of varieties that you can actually make a date and blueberry sauce so yeah, like that's, that's like a caramel best. sauce yeah. so you put like you know five or six dates half a cup of blueberries just put a little bit of water just to thicken it up thicken you, it, yeah you can get to it. let it blend and then you pour this thick date blueberry sauce on top of all your fruit salad oh it's amazing you have to try yeah. that okay so you feel, some, feel free to actually check out our instagram too because we've yeah. got all those beautiful ideas on there and we mm. do that all the time mm. Yeah. So there's a lot of things here I want to say. First of all, if anyone's concerned about, oh, this sounds like so much sugar, remember that these are whole foods. The fiber's not been removed. You're blending everything. You're eating whole foods here. And in terms of uh, rheumatoid, uh, look, there isn't really an additional concern with worrying about insulin sensitivity or or anything like that. We can can enjoy these whole foods. It's Mm. the concern is inflammation, not whether or not you'll feel energized and and pumped up and ready to go running afterwards, (laughs) um, which happens, right? You get a natural, a natural release of energy from the, from the, from the, uh, the only thing uh, with the smoothie is, um, 
you should think about okay so if i'm having four bananas in a smoothie right how long would it take me to eat those four bananas that's how long it would take you to consume the smoothie if you're worried about drinking it like because if you drink it too fast then that's when most people have the issue when it comes to like or blow sugar like even bloating as well like you know the sugar crash that kind of stuff um if you drink it too fast you should always chew your smoothie as well right to let the saliva mix with it that's where the first part of digestion starts so if you're having a smoothie always chew it take your time if you're too worried about drinking it too fast have it with a spoon have it like a soup yep right you know most of the people who have an issue with smoothies because you're blending the fiber have zero issues with soup you're doing the same thing do you know why <laughs> Because it's, it's too it's too hot to, to have it too fast. Yeah, so we, yeah. we have to spoon it. You can't you can't help the soup, you know. Right. So if you if you're worried about having it too fast, have it like a soup. Have it with a spoon, and that way it won't it won't go into you too fast, and the fiber will regulate everything because it's still in there. It's like pre-chewing it, really. It just makes it easy. Again, that's why we mm. want to blend certain things, especially if you have an inflamed gut. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because when you have an inflamed gut, you have absorption issues. So if you can blend it, you're more likely to get more absorption of the nutrition in, into your body. It starts in the mouth, doesn't it? The salivary yeah, analyze the digestion. So starts in the as mouth. you break it down in your mouth, it's it's starting to digest mm-hmm. already. But it's also surface area of the food. So when we chew, we break down the food, and the more surface area you have, the more more ability it is for the small intestine to um, actually Take absorb the nutrition. So if you have lots of big chunks, you're less likely to absorb as much nutrition from the food compared to if you've chewed it really well. And another point, uh, calories. Mm. It's much easier to get more calories when you're blending because, you know, when people are underweight, you know, they need more Mm. calories to sort of gain the weight back. So it makes it easier for you to blend bananas and and obviously eat them rather than eating them. And it's tastier because you can mix different things in it. Mm. Mm. Okay. We don't have to be sold on how desirable this is. This is (laughs) sensational. Um, The question I have is, Let's say we did this, and I'm going to give this a go. I normally have oats for breakfast, uh, and but what I do is I have a lot, and then I because I just don't want to think about food whilst I go through my morning, and I like to get to about you know twelve o'clock and just have my lunch without having a snack mid morning, just because that's where I'm most productive, and I just don't want to think about food. Um, where will it get someone uh, like me if I replace the oats? Uh, will it mean that maybe mid morning there's a there's a fruit snack? probably to be added to get me through to lunch it depends how much you eat so you'd have to work out how many calories are in that bowl of oats that you have and then you can try and replace that you can sub it to fruit that's why dates are just the bomb because if you chuck in like yeah five or six dates medjool dates yeah medjool dates the big ones fresh ones um you're getting that nice calorie hit without the volume Mm. so it's easier to eat yeah Uh, so if that bowl of oats is you know 800 900 calories then you're looking at five or six bananas, you know, five or six dates, half a cup of blueberries. That'll easily hold you to lunch if you can do that. It will yeah, take time as well, yeah, to sort of get used to that volume of of amount. amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm up for it. I'm, um, is there any issue with mixing to as a transitional phase uh, some bananas with the oats, as many people do? Only, I think, if you've got IBD, it can be a little bit more tricky um, from a digestion perspective. But if your digestion is strong and and good, then, yeah, adding a few fruits as a sweetener into your oats shouldn't be a problem for you. Something we both... 
You can even do that source onto the oh, this, the source. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, one thing that you and I agreed on last time we were on here, guys, is not to put flax and chia into smoothies. This is something that I'm still very passionate about, and I see this mm-hmm. being done all the time by people who do some other programs. Uh, have you, over the last couple of years since we discussed this, changed your position, or are you like me and 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 don't like putting high fat things in with sugars and no, no. Well, you, you, it was self-evident for you, wasn't it, Clint? Where you started doing it, and you felt so much better. The bloating went away, you know. Mm. And I think we we talked about the the sugar and the fat, and the combination of of that not being good for your diabetes or blood sugar anyway. Go through that again. Let's just recap this. Why don't you guys put chia and flax into your smoothies? So the mixture of fat and sugar is is a hard one to digest. Uh, first of all. Uh, they need different digestive juices in, in the in the stomach uh, to deal with that. Uh, but again, it also uh, affects your insulin um, sensitivity. So the lower the fat is, the better your insulin sensitivity is, and the better you uh, absorb sugar into the bloodstream. The higher the fat, the more resistance you get, and the harder it is for the sugar to get into the into the bloodstream. So when you're mixing the sugar with the fat. That's where we create issues, and you know, as you notice, of the bloating, it doesn't digest as well in the bowel. Obviously, some people would manage to do okay with it, but just from a from a theoretical perspective, it's it's not an ideal digestive kind well, of mixture. What what do we we want to optimize as best we can, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if we have a disease condition. So, if it means that we have to do that, then you know we we mm-hmm. need to, and and also compliance is really important. Just going back to healing and and whatnot and you know if you eat these foods on a daily basis consistency is what's going to get you the result Mm. you know and you can't just be like oh i'm going to eat this today and then go eat Mm. something the next day and be like oh it didn't work for me in fact we can keep the the nuts and the seeds completely out of people's diets until their bowel is healed uh so because it's just too much fat again you're working the gallbladder harder okay that releases more bile into the small intestine. Now, if you've got too much bile going into the small intestine, some of that bile can leak into the colon. Mm. Okay. Now, when bile leaks into the colon, now you're feeding these uh, bacteria that we don't want too many of, such as Bilophilia wadsworthia. That's a really nasty one. All right, you don't want that one. That was the one that releases hydrogen sulfide gases in your colon, right? And now with hydrogen sulfide gas, and that's that really damages your gut lining really full on. You know, it's the rotten egg, rotten egg gas smell. So that's where people with high fat, too much fat in their diet, uh, can can have issues. We prefer mixing the if you want to have chia seeds, they're very healthy for you. Uh, but uh, we prefer mixing it with a starch or having them yeah, by so themselves or with a salad or something. Ground, ground flax, just yeah. you know, pour it over your potatoes or roast veggies or you know whatever even salad, a salad is yeah, really good salad. yeah also just another thing to point out that if you do have some kind of greenish stool if you're not eating greens that means that you might have more bioproduction if you're eating too much fat mm. and that's why it ends up in the colon and that's why you might see that green stool mm. um, so that's just something to be aware of I didn't quite catch that. So are you saying if you're seeing more of the green in the stool, it might be because fat intake high, um, bile acid uh, is being created and it's getting into the stool. 
And so you're you're seeing more of a fast release of the stool. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. So so right. if you're not eating greens either on top of that, and if you see a greenish yeah. stool, I mean, if you're eating greens and you get a green stool, no that's problem. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just something we're aware of. Mm. Mm. Um, I think those of us who've been through such trenches have worked out these extremely detailed nuances of this the hard way. And mm. uh, and therefore, we, we really do put our foot down and say, look, so-and-so's approach is popular. Yeah, sure, so-and-so else says this. But in reality, you've got to get back to get inflammation right down by eliminating the triggers and then very, very gentle foods, which are low in fat and easy to digest for a period of time. And then we can start to have some fun. Then we can start to eat some more things that are a little bit harder to digest, get those resistant starches into us, get some of these uh, nuts and seeds into us. Yes, but there's a time and place for that. And we want to do it in synchronicity with the way our body digests food rather than getting all fancy with our Vitamix with combinations that we would never eat in nature. So, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. beautiful. Um, let's see. One other thing I'd made a note here is that the omega-6 to 3 ratio of bananas is sensational as well. Um, I checked it and it was it's an omega-6 to 3 ratio of 2 to 1. Now, you couldn't wow. really <laughs> ask for a better yep. food. No, no, can't. There you go. You can't. It's, it's, all, it's literally the perfect food for a human. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, some people say you know, we share sixty percent of our DNA with a banana, you know. So <laughs> it's it's just like we're, it's meant to be in a way. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, there was a there was a time where you couldn't cook your food, and I think bananas would have played quite a big role in in human nutrition. Yeah, and and not to there's so many different varieties of bananas too, and mm. and, and you got plantains as well, which are it's so delicious and mm. that, that's where you've got the resistant starch that you can use as well. And and going back to that, you know. Potatoes have a lot of resistant starch as well. So, yeah, they're so good for you too. You guys, yeah. uh, not to get off our banana train, but on your Instagram, which yeah. is one of my favorite accounts because everything that you make and put on there is like exactly what I want to eat and the way that the, <laughs> our family eat. But, you know, there's sort of some some sort of, uh, uh, you know, just that extra sort of um, – extra little detail that you've added often makes me think oh man i want to eat that right now yeah, um, yeah. so high carb health instagram that's that, that that's definitely a place to uh to follow but you, you do have the other foods too you do have the potatoes you do have all of the other things that are part of a, a more of a a, a lifestyle friendly diet it's not just right. all about the healing uh, on your account how do you guys eat now what's it look like so we still eat a lot of fruit that's our main staple throughout the day. And uh, in the evening, we'll have a more starch solution-based meal. So focusing on the starches, potatoes, sweet potatoes, pumpkins, then um, grains such as rice uh, and, and big salads. So that's our, that's our main focus, getting lots of fruit in throughout the day because we just feel that it gives us the best digestion. It doesn't feel sluggish. Now, if you try and do that fruit smoothie in the morning instead of your oats, what I think you'll find is you don't feel your your, your digestion at all. It's heavy. You, you won't feel as heavy. heavy. Yeah. You don't feel anything in your stomach. It just feels like there's nothing there as such. And you're still getting and you good. Still, and you still feel satiated. Yeah. Mm. So, mm. yeah, it just, it just gives us – I feel like I get more energy throughout the day when I do that compared to if I eat something a bit heavier, maybe for lunch. 
Yeah, so I tend to also with my training um, goals, I tend to eat more of the leafy greens. Um, so I'll add that to my smoothie. I'll also eat at every single meal for dinner. I'll add a some sort of green, uh, whether it's raw or cooked, mm-hmm. um, and just because they're so good for you, <laughs> and um, you're going to get some good good quality nutrition from the greens. Mm-hmm. The other thing we didn't mention actually, since so talking about your training, is that that is the most amazing fuel for for training and recovery yeah shakul just it. held up a banana in case you <laughs> oh yeah if you didn't yeah so the banana yeah well that's right and, and yeah and and it's so conveniently packaged i mean it feels like we're on some kind of infomercial for bananas but <laughs> but you know you you've got you, you you can throw them into a backpack you don't have to use some silly sort of ziplock plastic that you've had mm-hmm. to buy from the store you've you've nature could not have made it easier for you to carry around your food and have it whenever you want protected for you and convenient that's the perfect fast food isn't it (laughs) that's what fast food should be yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the medjool dates do you just buy those um uh there's no way we can source them here in australia or the us i think they're they're all coming from is it sort of the South American region, is that right? No, actually, the the US is one of the biggest exporters oh, of major rights right? in the oh, world. Right? Yeah, California is one of the biggest exporters of... Um, so if you're into medieval dates, if you're in the US, there's two amazing companies, and I think they're still in season right now. There's um, a, a company called The Date People, and there's another um, company called The Batista Family Farm, that they used to be called Seven Hot Dates. It sounds like a bad dating website, actually. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, it basically they have fresh dates and have lots of different varieties as well. But um, if you're in Australia, you're mostly going to be sticking to medjool dates. And they're mostly from California, actually. You mostly All get right. them from California. So we order like five kg boxes because <laughs> we love them. Yeah. yeah. And they last a while. You know, they're going to go off that quickly. It's cheaper to buy in bulk, too. So why not, you know, make the most of that? I mean, we buy boxes of bananas too, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then you go to the markets. How much do you pay for a box of riper bananas as well? Oh, if you want to get like a box of bananas that looks like, like spotty like this, you know, you can pick up 15 kilos for $10, $15. Yeah, because Pretty everyone else, is, everyone else yeah. thinks that oh, they're right. only good for banana bread and mm-hmm. or, or to be tossed out because they think yeah. that they've gone too ripe, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Perfect for smoothies and perfect for banana ice cream. I <laughs> love it. So tell me, let's say someone's listened to this whole thing and they're like, man, this infomercial is good. But, <laughs> but last time I ate bananas, I had like a food sensitivity to them or I felt like it gave me a little bit of inflammation. Now, mm. if that person asked me, I would say, well, um, it might be the, it might be just that your current microbiome doesn't quite match the banana fiber at the moment and there needs to be an adjustment period eat a tiny bit of, eat like one bite of a banana each day for a week and see if it doesn't give you inflammatory arthritis. And if it doesn't, then next week eat two bites of a banana and away you go. Uh, what do you think of that advice? Or have you got some different suggestions for people? Well, that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, and also we, we back to root cause. Yeah, yeah. So it's reasonable. Also, it may just be that the bowel needs more time to heal uh, and it's not ready to cope with that particular food so you stick with a food that's it's easier to deal with until you feel more comfortable with the way your digestion's working introduce it but it's pretty rare. It's really rare 
I would say it's it's extremely rare. Yeah, that talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let please, yeah. please. So tell um, me if, if you, mean, you've you've just got some new clients. Let's say ten people, and uh, you've recommended this. How many would have a problem with eating the the um, the uh, ripe bananas? Do you think? So it, it depends, right? So in terms of sensitivity to banana it's it's almost really it's almost really really rare it's very hard to find someone so i'd say the majority of those people wouldn't have a problem um with it at all but when they're healing sometimes as the body heals it creates symptoms like you go through that healing crisis mm. um you hear, you hear about if you if you listen to people like who actually do uh healing retreats like dr goldhammer he talks about a healing crisis or a period of time where the body's going to go through a withdrawal as it removes toxic matter as it tries to heal and 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 get better so sometimes the symptoms get worse now if you introduce a banana now this actually here's here's a really interesting thing to think about when you eat more fruit this food digests easier in your bowel when you have less effort on digestion you release more energy into the body right now digestion takes up somewhere between 70 to 80% of your energy so when you're using less of that energy to digest the body can use more energy to heal and when it's healing it creates symptoms and so sometimes when people start eating more fruit or they go more plant-based diet and their symptoms get worse if they're not understanding what's happening and they're not getting any coaching or anybody who can tell them why it's happening like that they would say that the the vegan diet or the plant-based diet or eating more fruits made them worse where in fact the body's doing the opposite and it's trying to make you healthier because we always we have the saying that we it's never the fruit's fault yeah it's never the fruit's fault and that's <laughs> it's never the fruit's fault I and mean, nature can't can't go wrong you know and and i think also we don't we don't tend to focus on symptoms no we want to focus on the root cause of the problem so when you do get a symptom by eating a plant food it's not necessarily the plant's fault it's the whatever was inside of you mm. from previous yeah so you know, something inside of you that's reacting yeah. that that food is reacting to it's not because this food is inherently because bad every, everybody else seems fine with it so you know like we don't believe that the human digestive system is that different um you know we all the organs work in exactly the same way that's why we can get transplants you know the, the human body does all the work mm-hmm. you know and we like we might be different on the outside but the, the process of how the body utilizes, assimilates and digests food is very, very similar, you know, and that's why mm. we're, we're so similar. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a species, like, you know, you and I, we have the same organs, we have the same, you know, physiological makeup. The difference is our lifestyle, right? So the way we were brought up, the way we ate growing up, that's all where the differences are. So that's where people have that they hold the whole saying comes from like everybody's different like there is there are some differences but it's not as widespread as as what it's made out to be like we have a species specific diet and that's plants Mm, i love it and so do those people who after starting to um uh um increase their intake of the right foods who then start to after a while hit a little bit of a healing crisis um, is there a let's just hold on to the to this to this moving you know vehicle until things settle down, or is there an adjustment period? And we don't need all the details of how you coach every individual, but generally, does it resolve itself, or do you have to provide interventions? 
most of the time it resolves itself. The main thing to be aware of is that not to start too fast. Mm. Okay. So if you're going into a healing journey and it's, uh, I kind of use a metaphor in that if you're learning to drive a really fast car, okay, is the first thing you're going to do hit the accelerator as hard as you can? No. Okay. You're going to learn where its limits are. You're going to learn how fast you can go around that corner, how, you know, what you feel comfortable with, where you want to, where the breaking points are, all that kind of stuff. So you need to learn that with your body too. Like how much can it handle? How much healing do you want to deal with? So we start with a bit of a transition phase. And so you ease your way into, into the healing. You know, don't, don't, don't do something like stopping your medication without any support or advice. Um, don't, don't try and like go on uh fasting diets or juice only diets straight away unless you know you're actually using it for a particular purpose um so start with proper food uh the first thing we tell you was just change one thing which is your breakfast you know eat fruit for breakfast and then you know stay on the plant-based foods for lunch and dinner and then you can kind of ease your way and then we tweak it based on what people's requirements are you know based on their symptoms and their history and what they're trying to achieve yeah, I love it. You guys look extremely healthy. Like uh, your 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 beards don't have any grey hair. <laughs> your your skin's glowing. Your teeth is white. I mean, clearly this has got some superficial benefits as well uh, in terms of uh, you know the exterior quality of the cells and and so on. Um, is there anything that 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 it doesn't provide? Is there anything that you feel that um you know you're lacking or or missing out on b12 <laughs> yeah even, like, <laughs> even, <that's> <laughs> yeah, even then like we we don't take any supplements apart from that mm-hmm. uh, just because we don't need it um i mean i don't think a pill can replace this this whole food um you know and mm-hmm. again going back to the root like get your body up up and running and proper it's been 10 years for me 10 plus years for you, for me and probably yeah. 10 years next month yeah for you for you as well and so you know th- that's a milestone you know mm. that's 10 years of plant exclusivity and if we were lacking in something we wouldn't be able to do the things today i wouldn't be training for mm. a half iron man um and you know the the proof is in the plants yeah we don't supplement anything except for beach fire, so if anyone has any concerns or crazy, you not, might be not getting this or that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sensational. Well, fellas, this has been so fun. Um, we have just, uh, I, I think, done justice to what we've, I think, agreed is one of the most important and, and, and convenient and nutrition dense and healing foods on the planet, which is the humble banana. And I would encourage everyone who's sat with us and listened to us and watched us for the last sort of 45 minutes or so um, to to eat more bananas and see how you go Um, and to reach out to you guys if they've got persistent inflammatory bowel condition um, because uh, you guys continue to uh, set the standard for how to treat that disease. So head over to highcarbhealth.com. And go over to Instagram where it's high carb health. You guys are doing sensational things. And uh, it's your birthday tomorrow, Shamir. So happy birthday, my friend. And congratulations to both of you on 10 years plant-based and doing such amazing things. And thanks for sharing with us today. Thank you, Clint. Just like to say, um, just for everyone watching and and listening, um, we're huge fans of yours. We love your work. 
um we always get so excited when we see all the success stories that you put out so yeah thank you for everything that you do as well and um yeah it's just it's it's just so great to to be here with you today so thank you we don't need to be sick (laughs) yeah thanks Thanks for having us good on you thanks fellas thanks man Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.